0: Hello and welcome to the Home Assistant Podcast. My name is Phil. Joining me as usual, we've got Rohan. How's it going? Hey, good. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Today's episode of the Home Assistant Podcast is sponsored by Home Assistant Cloud by Nabucasa. Easily access your local Home Assistant instance remotely for a small monthly fee that supports the Home Assistant and ESP Home projects. Configuration is done via the user interface, so no fiddling with the router settings. SSL certificates or any yaml okay run 2022.11 almost the end of the year uh, yeah so I think one thing that's come out we just can give everyone a quick reminder November 13th uh, which will be what like just over a week away uh, mm-hmm. there will be the home assistant conference so this is something that uh, has is happening been happening every year for quite some yeah. time. Um, I think we're virtual with the pandemic, but uh, yeah. So I think Paulus is flying into Netherlands um, to meet up with Frank and, and do the conference. Um, so yeah, November thirteenth. I unfortunately will be asleep for that time, but yeah, I think there's going to be some <laughs> cool stuff. It's usually called the State of the Union. Um, yeah, it's sort of just a, an opportunity yeah. for Paulus and uh, everyone from Nebuchadnezzar to give their vision of what's happened for the past year and, and what their future vision looks like. I'm sure there'll be some news around matter. I uh, can't want to see what they're going to talk about that as well. Mm, interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. So November 13th, lock it in your calendar if you haven't already. Um, yeah,
1: it should be pretty good. Yeah. They're renaming it this year. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it should be pretty cool to see what's uh, what's happening with Home Assistant, where they're going, uh, what the plans are and so on and so forth. So it's uh, I think it's pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. I'll definitely be trying to check that out when I can. So so it was month month of what the heck last mm-hmm. month. So I'm guessing we're going to see a few interesting uh, user recommended uh, fixes, integrations, what have you.
0: Yeah, so just on what the heck we I was on the creators call this uh, release, and they mm-hmm. were mentioning that they had over fifteen hundred submissions um, for what the heck. Wow. So yeah, pretty good turnout. Obviously, not everything can be uh, put in, but it yeah. is interesting that um, you know we are on like the November release, and there's already a few things that have come out of what the heck that are straight away in. So either people uh, contributing from the community, saying, "Yep, I think that's I agree with that," I'm going to easily fix that. Or the team from, you know, like the core developers from Nebacasa jumping in and saying, yeah, right, let's, uh, this is pretty highly upvoted. Let's, let's get onto it.
1: Yeah. And I think there's some, again, with that many requests, again, a, not all of them may make sense depending on what they're trying to, where, where home assistant's going. But the other piece is also, they may not, uh, they might not have time to get everything into, into a single release. Right. So, yeah. um, I don't think there was ever an expectation that, um, uh, you know, hey, it's going to be in the November release uh, because you requested it October oh, 31st. I,
0: completely, like, I would right? expect but, this to come out, like, December, um, yeah. January, right? Uh, and so we're going to see a lot of these scattered. Yeah, and just on that, there will be a January release. Uh, I did mm. ask on that credit call, credit call. So last year or the year before, they didn't do a January release. And yeah. uh, I think poor Frank... Uh, in February had a massive uh, amount of work to do. Got <laughs> um, a bad time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. which is, I guess, everyone goes away. You know, People got a bit of spare time over the holiday break at Christmas. Um, and, you know, a lot of, uh, then you get like a month's worth of, you know, pull yeah. the code reviews come in and just makes February a major release. So uh, there will be a January release. I'm not sure if, uh, what, how our, our schedule will align to a podcast for that release. will probably mm-hmm. be a bit late, but yeah, we'll certainly do one when it does come out. Yeah. Anyway, uh, 2022 to 11. Um, okay, so a lot of front-end changes are coming in. Uh, one thing yeah. that I'm really excited for is the tile card. So I don't know about you, Ron, but I'm a big fan of the mushroom yeah. theme or the mushroom templates You know, um, that are available. Um, this one looks yeah. very similar. Um, so the tile card... <laughs> Um, so almost yeah. almost exactly the same yeah, I think there are some um, slight differences, some you know the way it works, but yeah, the tile card um, yeah, you just give it a list of entities and it will uh, create a grid of yeah. uh how they work um so yeah lights fans, thermostats um it'll yeah create a must tile for them so very cool. Yeah.
1: I mean, we, we talked about this, not on this creator call, or maybe they've talked about, it. I wasn't uh, part of this one, but I was, I was in the last one and, and you know, there was, there was, quite a few folks in that one that were just like, you know what, these, the, the mushroom UI is actually really cool, right? It's really slick. It's really neat. Um, so you're going to see a lot of those, I don't know. I feel like you're going to see a lot of those elements come in, right. Um, yeah, into, absolutely. into the, uh, a dashboard, essentially. So,
0: yep. Well, they've got someone working from Mushroom now in, yep, yeah. like, as dedicated onto the front end. Yeah, so
1: yeah. Joined uh, Nabucas, I believe. Yeah, I might be so wrong, but I thought so. so. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, that's that's a I don't know. I, I look at that as a win. So, that's I think that's pretty cool. Oh, absolutely. Um statistics cards. So it shows as the name suggests, it shows statistics. Um, so like anything like average, the max, um, anything like that. Um, from an entity. So for example, let's say I have a bunch of um thermostats around the house, or uh, sorry, a bunch of temperature sensors around the house. Um, then basically I can take that, throw it all in there, average it out, and say, here is my average temperature in my home right? I might have 20 in one place, 21 in some place else, 22 somewhere else. Great. Everything averages out to 21 as an example, right? So,
0: Yeah. It's um, good. I think previously you would have had to create your own like average sensor and then put that into your interface manually. Um, this, yeah, just yeah. You to use that existing entity and then choose it from UI and say, yep, I want this average here.
1: Well, I think this is start. pretty neat. I like in, in my, in my home assistant uh, instance, I've actually got one, uh, view dedicated to just temperatures of everywhere around my house and using graph cards. And, uh, you know, really, which one am I looking at? Right. So it's, uh, I want to somewhat know like, Hey, upstairs, my average is this downstairs. My average is that, right. Like whatever, whatever those numbers might be. But, uh, I think uh, that's going to be a good replacement for, um, looking at individual sensors. Cause I don't know that I necessarily care about an individual or, or at least yep. like front of house, back of house mm. and a basement, right? Like something like that. So
0: something that is really good. Cool it's pretty related um, mm-hmm. to this as well. So long-term statistics are now available in the entity dialogues. So yeah. um, if you click on the more info panel, um, it will bring up uh, the history graph and it now will include like your mean, your max, um, and mean, um, and will yeah, display it for a, a bit of a, a longer term period as well. Um, yeah, so very cool. I've yeah upgraded to the beta, and yeah, I've seen that It looks uh, fantastic. Actually, it's interesting uh,
1: though because it's not really um, like it's not really like the statistics card, but it does have like again min, max, and the mean there, right? So.
0: Um, looks yeah, looks like
1: maybe they are they are holding on to a lot of those values too and then and then give, plotting it more intelligently, it sounds
0: like. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is all um thanks to that new statistics engine that home Assistant is, you know, mm-hmm. saving, you know, part of the energy dashboard, you know. Uh yeah. all that data is being, you know, stored in long term statistics and now we're being able... Because people have now got a lot of data um yeah. this, right? Um so now we can sort of start exposing it in the UI. So Yeah, which is I think is pretty cool. So
1: um. Uh, yeah. All right. Um. So there's now smarter reloading of automation and scripts. So this one came from month month of what the heck. But uh, when saving an automation, when you're using the UI, um, normally you used to reload all of your automation or scripts, uh, even ones that you didn't change. So what happens is uh, if you're waiting for triggers or delays or things like that. So uh, I mean, I've talked about my uh, exhaust automation in my uh in my bathrooms for example right so if you turn on the exhaust after 30 minutes it turns it off automatically well in a case like this if i let's say i go to the washroom leave it on come back make a change on one of my automations if it reloads the entire automation engine well now i'm starting to reset some of those timers and things like that so um what happens here is um now we're not doing that anymore um, so now it's smart enough to say, hey, you know what? You had you added or modified Automation A. I'm only going to change Automation A, or I'm only going to reload Automation A. So I think that's pretty cool. Um,
0: I'm really impressed that this works over YAML. Um, I yeah. know I have a whole bunch of automations. One of the reason, reasons I'm either scared to restart Home Assistant or even have to reload automations is that I do have a couple of automations in there that have like a a wait clause Mm -hmm. in them, um, you know, so that they only run once for six hours or or whatever. Um, I could achieve the same thing with a template um, condition, you know, when the automation was last triggered, um, which, you know, was a a workaround. But having now the ability to just hit the reload button and only the automations that were changed reload, all the scripts. Related. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Which is neat. Yeah.
1: I mean, this doesn't affect like, so, I mean, I know I used my example of my washroom, whatever, but that actually comes through Node-RED. So it wouldn't affect stuff like Node-RED or any other automation yeah. engine you're using outside of Home Assistant. This applies to obviously the Home Assistant uh, automation engine. All right.
0: And the Energy Dashboard, I think Energy has really been the, the theme of yeah. 2022. Uh, energy Dashboard now gets the ability to have water um, usage being monitored there that's cool um, so there's now gas electricity and water in the energy dashboard um, home assistant has some integrations that now support this including flow flume home wizard energy and the p1 monitor so i yeah. think a f- couple of those are like very region-based um, i think one of them was only shipping in the u.s which i think is home wizard um, and the a couple of others are just in Europe, I believe. Um, yeah, yep. So if you have a compatible uh water meter, um, there you go, you can now get your water usage in a home assistant. Yeah.
1: yeah, I think the flow, the Moen flow, is in, available in Canada too. I've actually mm-hmm. looked at that before and I was like, oh, it's kind of
0: cool, but uh, yeah, that's pretty neat. Pretty cool. Now you can have you know all your utilities in the one, yeah, dashboard, get the costs. Well, I'm assuming there would be is a utility meter for gas and water which would be nice um yeah, yeah.
1: Cost well them. i mean even even in like it'd be cool if i can so like how some of them work i think is like it looks at the rate of flow of the water right mm. so i think um so based on that it can i don't know maybe it does something um like water is in use for this long or not in use for that
0: long whatever that is right so like um
1: uh, But that might be kind of cool. I should see stuff
0: like that. I wonder if this will, like, spur on, like, a new generation of, you know, they have got, like, power-level monitors everywhere, right? Like, you know, you've got a a smart switch to monitor this particular device. I wonder Mm -hmm. if we'll start seeing, you know, maybe, like, some AliExpress water, water, you know, wrap it around your bathroom sink, tap, and... See how much you're, you know, using to brush your teeth every morning, as opposed to running the dishes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it would be kind of
1: neat to know per like device, but mm. I I don't know. It, it's it's one of those things where it's like it's cool, but what am I going to do with that information? <laughs> right? true, like it's. True. I think I think overall it's it's handy. Like for electricity, I think it's handy because there's a lot of phantom power using devi- yep. use uh, like devices that use phantom power. Um, yep. Meaning when it's turned off and still plugged in, it still uses power. Um, there's a lot of those kind of devices. And sometimes you don't really realize how much power a device may use. So based on that, you want to, you know, uh, control how that looks like. And again, especially for folks that have solar and stuff like that, I think it makes a bigger difference to understand the minutiae behind like mm. every little thing that consumes electricity I don't know if that's the case for water. Um, I think, I think kind of overall, like one thing I do want to do is I'd love to know my usage, but like, you know, I do, I do think that I can kind of pseudo guesstimate how much like my dishwasher uses, like versus like, you know, the more I use my dishwasher, I know the more water I'm going to consume. Right. Like that, that one's kind of obvious rather than having things like, again, with power, if you have like an air conditioner, that, runs on power, depending on how hot or cold or whatever it is outside, your AC might kick on more often or not. So On,
0: on the electricity side of things, I'll make two points here. One, mm-hmm. uh, if you have the Home Assistant Community Store uh, installed hacks, uh, do yourself a favor and download the PowerCalc custom integration. What that yeah. does is it will um, identify, they've just released a new update actually, um, that will now use Home Assistant discovery, so it will find compatible devices that you've got linked in your Home Automation uh, in your Home Assistant setup, and yeah. it will then create power sensors for them. Uh, this is great for things like Neat. Philips Hue, LifeX bulbs that don't report their energy usage. PowerCalc is designed to get those uh, estimated roughly. Um, as energy uh, sensors in your yeah. home, this So now you can track things like how much is that Philips Hue bulb consuming. They've also cool. just released um, some support for some smart speakers as well. Um, hmm. So, yeah. And That's as the, the new discovery thing, I just upgraded and it's already said, hey, we've got this Philips Hue light bulb, this model of Philips Hue light bulb. Um, this is a new AM device. Would you like me to track its energy for you? So, yeah, yeah. A very neat integration. I'm very impressed with. Um, all the work that goes into that. So definitely um, install that if you can. And second, I don't know if you've been following Frank on uh, Twitter uh, this month, but Frank's been on a mission to get his idle home energy consumption down to as, yeah. much, as much as possible. So um, he's been smashing it. So if you, uh, which is awesome, mm, wanting to see what Frank's doing on that, do give him a follow on Twitter and go through his he's. Yeah, yeah, there's, I mean,
1: it's becoming fairly important, right? Especially in um, places where there is a full-out energy crisis, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's, uh, you know, th- th- this is kind of the cool thing about, again, tangent time. This is kind of the cool thing here about like things like home assistant, right? Or, or any other really engine that that lets you do this, um, where you're now able to start saying, okay, you know what, this is actually a concern. I actually want to do not necessarily do my part, but it I mean even selfishly it does help you right so it yeah, helps you lower power, which helps you lower your costs uh, overall. so I mean again it's it's there's some you know robbing Peter to pay Paul here, right? because <laughs> the problem is some of these things aren't cheap, right, especially when you're doing things like smart um, switches like light switches or smart bulbs or anything like that, right uh, but uh, I don't know. I, I still think there's some intrinsic value, right? So behind doing a lot of those things.
0: Yeah. I think I was reading a, a forum on the homelessness community and someone was like, yep, I've paid for this smart switch already by being able to reduce you know, this amount of power usage or, or whatever. And yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I, I think I have too, but I also turn around and I'm like, have I saved $60 on this light <laughs> above me yeah, that yeah. it's, I, I get it. Right. Like again, depending on what it's controlling, maybe it did. Right. So, um, but again, when you start doing things like, Hey, you know what? I've got temperature sensors hooked up to home assistant. I've got my fan hooked up to home assistant. I've got my AC hooked up to home assistant. You know, it's kind of hot in here. Well, maybe, maybe let's make a decision to turn on the fan instead of the AC because that's Mm -hmm. a little more efficient, whatever that looks like. Right. So, um, and then if it hits this threshold, then you know what, no, it's AC time, right. Then you, then we turn it on. Um, and it's it's funny. I think this is the third AC analogy I've used, or maybe second AC analogy I've <laughs> used, and it's it's winter, and I just came back from Calgary, and it was not uh, it was not warm. <laughs> Let's yeah, put it that yeah. way. <laughs> I know
0: we're both wearing jumpers today, which
1: is. <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm I'm freezing today, so it's uh, yeah. <laughs> bad uh, bad examples here, but uh, hopefully <laughs> hopefully you understand it's an analogy, not a reality of my <laughs> situation right now. But well, that's it. All right, um, Calvin. So. In the past, this this one came from a month of what the heck as well. So in the past, Home Assistant would report color uh, temperatures in uh, my reds, me reds, and my reds, whatever you want to call them. Uh, not in Kelvin, which is typically what you do see color temperatures
0: in. Every uh, right? Like even on the box of a light, you know, it comes in this temperature mm-hmm. to that temperature. Yeah. yeah.
1: The, little, the little lights I've got, they measure it in Kelvin, stuff like that, right? Any LEDs, most... Most of them will say, you know, this is how many Calvins, light, light bulbs, Calvin, whatever. Um, but when Paulus first created Home Assistant, Philips Hue only supported um, my Reds, me Reds. Ugh, I really need to learn how to say that. But <laughs> uh, Right. Whereas, again, most of them now reporting Calvin. So with the change, uh, both of them are supported. So it's not like it's a breaking change. Um and uh, yeah, so it's just it's just nicer to have a standard unit that you know is kind of more commonly adopted there.
0: So, and it's now displayed in um, Kelvin on the front end as well, much nicer. Yeah, yeah, so, which is neat. Yeah, one um, well, that's really cool for new people uh, or less tech savvy people. Um, Home Assistant is now discoverable on Windows via UPnP, so Universal Plug and Play. So this is generally used by um, printers and routers. Um, if you are using Windows, you may go into your network places um, and all of a sudden you know, there'll be devices on your network and you'll have your printer, or your router. Now Home Assistant will make itself known um, on those Windows machines and there'll be a little you know, Home Assistant is available here. You double-click on that and it will just launch the Home Assistant uh, interface. I believe um, I don't know if this is going to work for Docker installations um, or anything like that. I, I can't see why not. If you are using host uh, networking, it should be fine. Uh, Mark Watt from Mark Watt Tech was actually on the creators' call. Tested it with the Home Assistant Yellow. Um, while we yeah, were going through that, we're going through the release, and he said it works perfectly. So, um, yeah, very cool update. That's cool. I am I'm,
1: I'm trying to figure out what. I guess it does make it easier, but like, what what problem is it solving right now? I the only I, thing I, is because UPnP is so flaky. So I think I think that's why mm. I, I think that's the core of my issue with it. <laughs> I
0: think this is the the network um, engineer in you coming out and being like, "Oh, no, no, I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. I, I I actually hate UPnP
1: <laughs> with a passion. I'll I'll reserve that rant for another day, but um it it's I mean, it's flaky at best, right? I mean, you look at things like uh, again, Belkin WeMo is a perfect example also why mm. I hate that platform. I hates a strong word, but why 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 I moved away from it. Let's put it that way. It's you know, one in every five times when you open the the app, it's like, hey, four of your five switches are here. And I was like, I'm pretty sure the fifth one's here too. I can literally <laughs> see it in front of me. It's connected, right? It's, it's green, it's whatever, or white or whatever the, the LED is. But I I I get it, but I but I feel like maybe this would offer a worse experience if if it's there one in every six times, or one like, or if it doesn't show
0: up one in every yeah, six times, true. even right? And i assume seen like the use case um, that we discussed the other day was that you know someone that's not as tech savvy has got a home assistant yellow or um, a home assistant blue. They've plugged it in, yeah. Um, like don't have MDNS maybe on their router or something. Um, they just want to. Find I mean that, that that
1: that's UPNP still, right? So if you have yeah. one, you have the other.
0: So they just wanna give up, find Home Assistant, don't have a bookmark of it. They can just go into the network places and they're hey Home Assistant's on the network, double click it. Um and there they are. Yeah. I mean again, it it'll be cool if it works every time
1: and I hope it does. Um, but yeah, that that's that's kinda where I'm a little bit skeptical. I know I know I'm gonna get an angry email from somebody <laughs> like it it's it's listen, I am I am I think I've been very, very much an advocate of simplifying things, making things easier for people. And I do love that aspect of it. I just, yeah, I think I just hate UPNP. Um, but uh, I mean, beyond that, I mean, just because of its flakiness, right? So I, I almost fear that, you know, are we going to see issues where it's like, Hey, you know, I'm supposed to see this in windows, but I see it one of every three times, whatever that is. Right. So so the unit of measurement for providing gas entities. Oh, sorry. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <We're> <laughs> that, that's right. That's right.
1: Day. Uh, the unit of measurement for providing uh, that that provide gas uh, information can now be changed and converted from the UI. So which is kind of neat. And yeah, no
0: need to uh, worry about, yeah, I think Homes will now handle the conversion for you. You just select what you want it to be displayed. Yeah. Um, and there it goes.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh,
0: This one I'm really impressed with. I haven't used the uh, app for quite some time, but Fully Kiosk Browser, which is an Android app, um, now provides a service to change URLs on your wall-mounted tablet. (sighs) Sorry, don't you just love Home Assistant? I, <laughs> I was, was going
1: to say, I was like, are we just going to play this
0: one off? Are we just going to play it off? Like My lights <laughs> are just turned off in the middle of discussing that. Uh, I'm going to roll with it for the minute. I'll turn them on when I finish this one. Um, yeah. Yeah, so Fully Chaos Browser now provides a service to change URLs on your wall-mounted tablet remotely. Um, so, yeah, the way... Uh, so Fully Chaos Browser, Android app, you typically use this when you want to have um, Home Assistant <laughs> running on a tablet. Yeah. Uh, now you can have uh, a service, because there is a full kiosk browser integration, <laughs> so you can now have a service to say, um, maybe at night time, you know, change to a different uh, dashboard in the Home Assistant. I can mm. also see some pretty cool That's use cases. Cool, That's um, Dark mode, light mode. Yeah, dark mode, light mode. Or also, even if, um, like, let's say you leave the house, the house goes into away mode, all the tablets that were running the Home Assistant dashboard now change to, like, a photo of the family or something, right? So um, removing the ability for someone mm-hmm. to just walk into the house and start playing with the home automation system. Yeah, uh, there's yeah. a whole bunch of use cases I can see here, and that's why I'm yeah, really excited to see that one.
1: That is pretty cool. I know, I know in your old place, Phil, you had um, a tablet with fully Kiosk browser. I know you said you were thinking of setting one up in, in, in the place you yeah. live in now. Did, uh, did you ever end up doing that?
0: Not yet. So I'm still very slowly, with the help of the mushroom cards, um, creating a new dedicated tablet UI. Um, nice. Actually, it looks really, like I'm really impressed with I'm just slowly plugging away at it, putting rooms yeah. in. Yeah. Um, the I have fire HD tablets. I've got one that's actually like brand new in a packet I haven't opened up yet. Um but they are terribly slow running yeah. the home assistant front end. Like to the point where you like click a button. Or maybe and I don't know, there's been a lot of speed improvements um in home assistant itself. Um so yeah. maybe it won't be as an issue as much. But yeah, just I the mean- slowness. Um, I, I think I, I saw, I forget who it
1: was, but it was, it's one of the, one of the home assistant creators, um, that I was watching, uh, using one of the newer fire HD tablets. And they seem it seems to be pretty good actually. Mm-hmm. Like it's, uh, again, I don't, I don't have any experience with, with having a dedicated tablet interface, but, um, cause it was to the point where, cause I, I always had that same, like, it's kind of clunky when it's like I press it and something happens like three seconds later. It's, it's, uh. it's, that's too, too long of a response time for me. Yep, yep. Um, but someone was saying that, uh, you know, with the new fire HD tablets, it's, it's a lot quicker. Um, so, which is interesting, but,
0: so but yeah, I'm, so I'm just, uh, going through my,
1: oh, your camera died.
0: Of course it did. Why like everything, <laughs> your, is life dying. Is, your life is falling apart, Phil, oh, your life is falling apart. My life is <laughs> falling apart. <laughs> Um, I assume my my mustn't be moving enough, and the motions like motion sensor hasn't picked me up. This is classic live home automation issues right here. It's
1: just for once, it's not me with all
0: the issues. I'm just I'm just saying. It's so interesting, actually. My uh, it's not my motion sensor. My motion sensor is saying that I am here, and I've been here for an hour. Why is it? Let's you know what. Let's we're going to do this. Obviously, you can't see me at the moment, so we're going to use the <laughs> home assistant. Uh, automation debugger and find out why the hell my camera has been turned off. There you go. DSLR camera off was triggered one minute ago. Why was that triggered? Uh, traces executed because my office went into armed away. Oh, of course, because I've got the door shut out there. It's kids. This is why you need to test your automations thoroughly. Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Good job.
0: <laughs> so many
1: this is where we need that Spongebob few moments later meme
0: yeah 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 exactly uh, a few hours I'll, later I'll, I'll, I'll edit this nicely so it's not pain in the ass for everyone but yeah kids test your automations um, I'm gonna have to yeah I'm gonna turn that automation off actually while we're here so interestingly that actually that
1: that's actually kind of cool because this has actually been something I've been I've been toying with lately um, mm. and I've been looking at and then we were talking about this uh, in—I mean, it's probably going to release after, but after this recording. But yep. uh, we were talking about pressure sensors in beds and stuff like that. Yes, yes. And uh, so with uh, with Danny, and uh, which may potentially be coming out after this release. So yeah, if you haven't heard episode. that yet, that's yep. probably why. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so I actually ordered a couple of pressure sensors on on. Uh, AliExpress, and uh, while I was doing this, I was also looking at watching a lot of videos uh, from people that have done it before. Right again, best way of uh, of learning. And uh, Mark and I were going kind of back and forth. Mark Watt uh, from Mark Watt Tech and myself were kind of going a little bit back and forth. Uh, He actually had some really cool ideas behind this, and I was like, "That's really neat." Um, But essentially, there's a couple of options here, and I also learned that there is a Baby, uh oh my gosh! What are those things called? Like the uh, how do you carry a baby? Like
0: a swab carrier? Like oh, you
1: carry them in a like the the baby, car, I don't know, I seat, baby car seat car seat kind of thing? Yeah, carrier, like capsule, whatever.
0: Like a car capsule?
1: Yeah, 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 like, yeah, like a baby carrier, right? Like yeah. whatever. um There's pressure sensors you get for those things too, right? And for chairs and things like that that you can stick on your couch or I mean, in Phil's case here on his uh, on his uh, seat i guess on his office chair like but ba- is chair. it battery
0: operated because i don't want a cable running to my chair so here's a cool thing what mark did
1: is he cut apart a door sensor a zigbee like a xiaomi oh, zigbee yes, door yes, sensor yes. he cut the cut the reed sensor part off you don't really even need to do that uh he was saying you just kind of solder it in just makes it easier if you do yeah, but yeah. cut Perhaps that off better. and then yeah. now you have a zigbee <laughs> seat sensor and i was like man that's genius and and and, you know, uh, I was, I, I don't know. I just thought that was, I, I don't know why I had never really thought of that. And I was like, that's really smart. Actually. That's, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. So that's what, uh, I was yeah. going to, I was, I think I'm still going to make my own. I wasn't going to, I'm still debating, do I just cut a door sensor I have apart, um, but uh, I think I'm going to do something similar for my bed, though eventually. Well,
0: yeah. I mean, in my case, that wasn't supposed to happen. Obviously, technical issue. But uh, yeah, learning here, I, I do need to update my podcast automation because I'm actually in podcast mode right now. But somehow, yeah, uh, the lights were still able to turn off. My camera was still able to turn off. Um, yeah, because I've closed the door um, out there. i mean, in my my office. The office has gone into armed um, away mode. Um, yeah. So yeah, I will. This is all, but this is half the fun of it, right? Like, that's right. That's right. These edge cases you have to think of, you know, uh, when you're automating your house. Um, I can't even remember where we're up to. Oh, we will talk about fully kiosk browser. That's right.
1: Yeah. I mean, it would be cool if our um, recording platform had proper APIs or like webhooks to say, Hey, you're actually in recording mode. So automatically yes, turn on yeah. podcast mode or things like that. That'd be kind of neat, but, uh, but it doesn't. So, no, no, no. But yeah, fully chaos browser. It's now integrated. <laughs> there you go. Got there eventually. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, some new integrations uh, coming up. Oral B toothbrushes. So this is kind of cool. Um, so the Bluetooth toothbrush, Bluetooth toothbrushes that you can buy. Uh, you know, so the IO Seven series and the Smart Series Seven Thousand, which just sounds like Smart Series Seven Thousand um, Ultra Smart. Sounds really cool until you realize it's talking about a toothbrush. Um, (laughs) but I mean, so some of those, some of those, uh, toothbrushes do have Bluetooth built in to say, Hey, you've been brushing for this long on average, so on and so forth. I was thinking about this this morning when I, when, when before we started recording and I was Mm -hmm. just kind of skimming through the show notes and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, but how much, how much information again is too much information, but there is a really cool, uh, thing here. Like again, so we have a lot of folks that listen that have kids so on and so forth right so this becomes nice now especially if you're starting to do um like a credit system like how like james has i was gonna say I
0: was, I was, I was, this is what exactly <laughs> what i was gonna talk about too you can and tell like, james has already got like an extra credit for you know every minute that is an addition right exactly hey you you
1: brush your toothbrush you brush your teeth for the perfect amount of time here's yeah. you know uh, Gold Star, five right, whatever. on the Xbox. Yeah, that's right. that's right. Exactly. What whatever that looks like, right? So, um it, it's it's at first I was kind of like, eh, and then I was like, oh, okay,
0: I actually get it. That's that's kind of cool. Yeah, and I guess there's so many use cases. Like this would be really cool. um I guess as well for people that maybe you know in a assisted living or you know elderly, want to be yeah. sick, you know is you know are the, what are the signs of life right? Is a toothbrush being turned on today? Um, That's a good one too, actually. So. Or,
1: or even even if you do live with someone that has, uh, you know, any kind of whether it's um, like a concussion or something like that, where dementia. it's like, hey, you forget things, dementia, yeah. Alzheimer's. There's actually a really good use case for stuff like this, right? So, um, I mean, then, outside of our normal, let's like, face it, a lot of people who do a lot of the home automation and stuff like that are fairly like, you know, fairly privileged enough to be able to hmm. afford some of these things. First of all, right? It's yeah. But at the same time, I think it's also like, hey, if we can improve the quality of life of somebody living with one of those conditions, as an example, that's that's kind of, uh, I think that's a win.
0: And one of the great things about it is it's so uh, frictionless, right? Like it, we've mm-hmm. been automating this, you know, like, you know, you've got your tablet holders, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, make sure you take the right tablets um, from a medical point of view I'm talking about here. Um, but, you know, that still requires someone to physically open up the right, you know, <laughs> Pill box and yeah. take the right days tablets, but here, like someone just turning on the toothbrush, the system can you know without the user having to or without the person having to do anything else, home business can tell okay the person's brushed their teeth today. Um, so there's no remembering yeah. I have to push this button to see I've done my teeth today, or there's no ability for them to just push the button and ignore you know not actually turn the toothbrush on at all.
1: So, yeah, yeah, and and I mean there, there's also the Hey, the automation didn't fire for whatever reason, and you know, mini mini panic. But you know, I'd I'd rather go double check and make sure everything is okay rather than not know for a few days, right? So I think I think that that's a really cool um, use case. I think right where you know, again, I started off with like I'm like, yeah, it's kind of dumb, and then I was (laughs) like, no, you know what? It's it's actually it's actually really nice. Uh, It's actually pretty cool.
0: Yeah. So and I think um, when so this. Someone hacked this into home isn't a long time ago. Um, yeah. They put it up on YouTube and it went viral. Um, so there's a lot of, I think, it's stuff like this that, you know, mainstream people will go, oh, yeah, all right, why would I want to do that? But it does start these sort of conversations, right? Um, yeah. And it also then shows how powerful the smart home can be when, you know, everything in your home, the little things can talk, but they can talk to other things as well. Um, yeah. And open standard, like it really promotes open standard. So, yeah, I think it's a great one yeah uh yeah. all right snooze snooze uh there's no e on the end of this one so i don't know if it's snooze or snooze um i'm assuming G-Z it's pronounced Z-Z. the same way but wow it's like i'm gonna be all Snooz. Like, yeah uh, you know it's like jay-z the rapper right like no you're jay-z because i say like, don't you to spell your name incorrectly right like anyway. yeah, yeah um smart home enabled white noise machines um now these are only available in the US, so maybe it is snooze and they just yeah, fair enough. Um I don't want to pick on this company too much, but I did look into the uh, the product behind it. I don't want to pick on them, but here I go. <laughs> uh, here I go, right? Like one of the FAQs was why not just a smart speaker? And I'm like, Yeah, why not just a smart speaker? Like all it does is just I think it's got a, a motor in it or something that spins to create white noise and hmm. um yeah. I don't know. I don't see how this... It honestly feels like it was from a Kickstarter and uh, somehow made its funding and has actually been around. Um, yeah, it's Bluetooth only. It's only available in the US. I don't see... Why uh, exist? I get it. it maybe exists.
1: maybe people don't want smart speakers, stuff like that, like if it's like from a privacy perspective, whatever, but you get other like stuff that may not have a mic, right? That like it's just a smart speaker, I guess, but yeah, yeah. yeah I can. it's like any speaker right like yeah just it's a it's an option i guess or maybe yeah. it's just uh, i don't know how expensive or, or inexpensive these things are but i
0: didn't want to look at the price because then i'd probably get yeah, yeah. more
1: frustrated and talk about it more yeah. than
0: i already am but yeah but, anyway that exists i mean it's if, it's a, if it's a few bucks picture. then
1: great right like it's and whatever
0: someone who has home assistant also has this product um and is happy with that product and happy enough to integrate with home assistant so yeah right.
1: yeah at least one person has its uh all right. AirThings. Um, AirThings BLE, so essentially they, they provide different types of sensors for uh, measuring the air quality, things like that. Um, there's been, they also make some radon sensors. Um, so this focus here in this case is specifically to that. So now those are uh, integrated because those are, I believe, BLE only uh, on those sensors. So I might be wrong there, but, uh, but yeah. So, but either way, it's in here.
0: Excellent. All right, uh, a few broken changes, not as many breaking changes. I think um, Assistant is really starting to get better with their broken changes now that a lot of things are moving out of YAML. Yeah. Um, so the whole laundry list of stuff, there's a couple of things in there. Um, we've got to highlight a few here. Um, RPM, so uh, the revolutions per minute uh, measurement. So um, there are some changes um, in this release. Uh, home Assistant is going to do, uh, handle the calculation of the changes um, for that are in this release. Um, however, if you're exporting any RPM data uh, to things like InfluxDB, mm-hmm. um, you may see some quirks uh, moving forward from this release. Best to check the breaking notes, uh, the breaking changes um, in home assistant. But, yeah, I don't think it should affect too many people. It's just, yeah, if you're tracking that, you know, revolutions yeah. per minute as a sensor.
1: Um, some stuff moving to the UI and needs to have their YAML removed, um, Android IP cameras, uh, Anthem, AV receivers, Coinbase, um, and open exchange rates. Um, I was actually thinking about this again, I, this is how, you know, that my coffee is kicking in. <laughs> uh, I was, I was thinking about this the other day and, uh, it'd be kind of cool to have, I didn't realize open exchange rates has a sensor. Mm-hmm. Right, so I, I like it'd be kind of cool if I'm like you know whether I'm in the U.S. or traveling anywhere else. It'd be kind of cool if I get like a essentially a push notification every morning from home assistant to be like, hey, you're the rate. I am. we've detected you are in I don't know U.S. as an example, right? Like yeah. as I travel for work, whatever. Today the rate is this, right? So if I'm like, oh, you know what, I'm actually gonna think, give me a couple more cents in my bank account that I can spend yep. to buy whatever, right? Account? Like. Yeah. Yeah, like at least just like a, a morning brief, right? So just when I'm when I'm traveling, it'd be kind of cool to say, hey, this is what the exchange rate is, things like that. So I was thinking about that the other day, but that's actually kind of, that was one of those silent thoughts where I'm like, okay, hey, I'm not going to tell people because I don't want to embarrass myself. But
0: uh, this is actually kind of neat. Maybe I should look at If you get an Android, I think Google does that for you when it detects you're in another country, a part of your, one of your Google cards. Maybe this was back in the Google nowadays, but you know, the exchange rate of the the country you're in would be there. And. Like in, in,
1: in your, like as a widget or whatever that you. Uh,
0: yeah. Like, so I think, I don't know if it's still there, but you, you'd have like your, your Google feed. Um, it would have like cards. Um, yeah. Particularly for you. Uh, actually, I don't even think it exists anymore. It was called Google Now. Um, and it was, yeah, just you could dismiss them. And they were like, you know, the there's going to be this today. One of the yeah, cards yeah, yeah, when yeah. I was yeah. traveling was today's exchange rate, um, you know, AUD to Euro is this, for example. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, that's um, kind of cool.
1: Yeah, and and it only shows up when you,
0: yeah, travel. Text, you oh, that's kind of neat. Yeah. So then, when I was in the UK, we change to pounds, and you go over to you know, yeah, Europe yeah. And then euros come up.
1: Yeah. Well, there you go. iOS developers, if you're listening, um,
0: I'm sure specifically the ones be...
1: native to Apple, because I don't
0: want to install another app. Yeah, i sure that be like a, <laughs> a notification somewhere that I can just spotlight or something there.
1: Maybe there is. I don't know. I I, I don't know. It was it, it was one of those shower thoughts, and then just yeah. kind of was like, all right, well. Hey, at There's least you remember
0: the shower. I always
1: forget. I, I always forget the second I leave the shower. I was like, what was I talking about? What was I thinking
0: about?
1: <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Uh, the scrape sensor. So the scrape sensor is uh, used when you want to you know, uh, ping a mm-hmm. URL and get a value that's on a website. Um, so the, previously the scrape sensor would uh, return the last correct value if the HTTP request for updating failed. Um, so now the they've, this has been adjusted. So if Home Assistant goes out and scrapes a web page to update the sensor and the web page is down for whatever reason, uh, the sensor will now change to an unavailable status. So just watch Please. out for that. Um, HomeKit
1: controller. Uh, so as older versions didn't have uh, this, uh, set service identifier values, uh, you may have to unpair and repair some BLE devices. Um, and or uh, delete any duplicate entries you may see. Uh, yeah. So this is a change for the better. Um, so happy to take the...
0: And uh, ECOBI, uh setting yeah. up the notify platform of the Ecoby integration um, by a platform section using YAML configuration is no longer supported the B platform section under notify can be safely removed from YAML. So that's another one yep. moving out of YAML. How is your B going at the moment? actually,
1: um, Well, for whatever reason on Wednesday, it stopped connecting to wireless. I don't know why, but um, other than that, it's actually pretty good. Um, we were talking, uh, I think one or two episodes ago about uh, moving it to uh, HomeKit and stuff like that. So I actually ended up doing that, um, and uh, it's been great since. Again, until my Echo decided it didn't want to connect to wireless anymore.
0: And with that, like HomeKit now, it's local, right? You don't have to go through the cloud, and it is local. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. You know what? I never really found that they had very many outages or anything like that, um, as opposed to my queue, which I'll reserve mm. the rant for again another day. <laughs> um but yeah it's it's i found that it's pretty uh it was fairly stable um but uh i i again i i definitely do prefer having things local anyways uh given the option of one or the other um so because it has home kit support now i can i can just do everything locally and uh I think I think the only annoying thing was anytime your like API token kind of timed out or expired or anything like that, which was not very often, but i I have had to couple of times go in and refresh the token or like recreate the token and blah 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 yep um I don't have to do that crap anymore, which is nice nice so all right, dark sky um so when it's configured to report in the u s uh, or in u s units. Um, the unit of measurement for precipitation intensity has been uh, corrected. It used to be inches, now it's inches per hour. So that may break something if you're looking at something
0: specific there. When is Dark Sky going to die? Like, we announced, like, this was, I know, was like like two, years two years ago? Three years ago now, right? Apple yeah, bought like, it, and they're like, that's it. Screw everyone. You want to use Dark Sky, you've got to get an Apple license. And they just kept extending yeah. it, extending it. um, yeah, yeah. I think I think enough people use it, and and which which.
1: Listen, I'm I'm all for. I'm also one of those people where something like this now gets announced. And I'm going to use it till the last day. Yeah. Uh, mostly because I it takes time to change, so I'm just not going to do it. Um. Yeah, I don't use Dark Sky myself, but it's. Uh, yeah, I, I get it.
0: All right. Um, So there's some more works with home assistant partners that have been announced. Um, It's not actually there. I think it was three. So we have uh, Jasco and Ultralock, they're two Z-Wave companies that have promised now that they're, I think they're going to release firmware updates and ensure that all their devices are, you know, compatible with uh, working with Z-Wave JS um, and home assistant. So very cool. Um, And third, Reality. Um, is a Zigbee company uh, that's going to also, oh, they're a company that creates Zigbee products um, and mm-hmm. they are going to ensure that their Zigbee products are fully compatible with the ZHA component of uh, Zigbee and Home Assistant. So Sweet. really cool to see uh, some brands now, you know, signing up for that program because I think it's just going to make, the, the more brands yeah. that sign up to it, you know, creates a, a bit of a, a network effect, right? And then, Every other company wanted to be sure that they're signing up to that program, too. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, it's it's like HomeKit, right? Like where yeah. HomeKit came out, and there's a few people that were like, well, and, and at the time, you needed specific hardware in your That's thing, right. yeah. uh, in, your, in your products to have to be HomeKit compatible. And then, you know, more and more people signed up and signed up. And then when Apple said, hey, it's going to be all software now, just we just want to make sure, you know, everything is validated, blah, blah, blah. Now, you just have loads and loads and loads and loads of people that come on and so i i agree i mean that, i think that's kind of cool so yep um, the home assistant sky connect um so it's a small little usb and zigbee uh, sorry usb based zigbee and matter radio um it's kind of cool um they are like they they look like they're really tiny um so it's yeah. kind of neat um it's launching soon as well so they there was a little
0: blog post about that a while ago so it was uh it's kind of cool kind of cool i reckon it's very cool um it is very cool the fact that it's zigbee and matter um and it's from yeah. created by uh slash home assistant so you know it is going to be completely supported with home assistant out of the box um yeah i i'm really excited to see uh the possibilities with that yeah there's uh
1: who was it that just released that just announced some matter support um on their devices uh, i don't know but there is uh there's a couple of people that were like, hey, you know, we're going to start looking at matter or things like that. So it's coming to fruition. I know it's, again, there's a lot of mixed feelings about matter, about like, hey, great, this is going to be the next amazing thing. And then the rest of the world is like, well, it's another one now that I have to deal with, right? So I I think think reality is it is somewhere in between or, or both of those things, right? Like, hey, great, this might be a newer and more improved version of Zigbee or, or I, I know, I know that it's a little more complicated than that with matter, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's cool. I mean, get this, at least you have the option, right? So if you ever have to deal with it.
0: All right. The Raspberry Pi Pico uh, mm-hmm. is now going to be supporting ESP home. So this is going to be announced at the uh, home Assistant mm-hmm. conference. Um, yeah. It's available in code now. Um, So the Raspberry Pi Pico is a very cheap board, um, but can never run ESP Home? Um, I actually was surprised at how cheap they were. Generally, like I think Paul said the other day, oh, you know, it's like an eight dollar board or something like that. I'm like, yeah, right, whatever. I actually saw um, in Australia it's like five bucks. um, Yeah, and I'm like, no way. Um, So yeah, yeah, the fact that because I think a lot of people might have these before going over to like um, an SP device that might have been a bit yeah. more expensive. Um, so yeah if you've got one stuffed away in a drawer somewhere it's not useless um, yeah, home it's, support it.
1: And it's pretty cool. So we were talking about it in the October creator call um, so for the 2022.10 uh, creator call and same thing it was too early to uh, to talk about it then just because again it's, at that point we would really be taken away from the conference too. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we didn't talk about it but same kind of deal right it's it's uh, we, when we were chatting it was it was it's like you know it's actually pretty neat um, considering it's like slightly different than your standard uh, ESP device right so i mean it may not be in function in what you what you end up using it for or what you end up doing but it's still uh, still pretty neat that uh that that is supported. So there you go. Get a little bit of variety there too. That's it.
0: That's it. Um, so Rahan, I'm going to take the next two because yeah. related to me. Um, so last episode we had a little bit of a discussion around uh, putting motion sensors in the bathroom. Rahan, you said no deal for you.
1: Yeah, no um, deal.
0: So I was like, stuff it. I'm going to make a little poll here. So I put it out <laughs> to the Twitterverse. Um, 76%, 76% of people agree with me that they would put a motion sensor in their bathroom. So uh, yes, my Xiaomi FP1 sensors will not go to waste. I'm now going to put them in a the bathroom. Thank you for everyone out for there. For validating. For validating me. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Rohan's uh, own you know, market research has failed him. Um, That's right. There. And Walden reached out um, about the Z-Wave motion sensor speed issues that I discussed um, a couple of uh, release episodes ago. I think it was in the September release episode. Yeah. Um, he's also seen the same thing. Um, he's found that uh, all his Z-Wave devices, even powered by USB, uh are f- take a few seconds to pick up motion. Um so he's replaced his with aquara sensors as well. So hmm. good to see some validation there from the community as well. So yeah, Bolton, thank you very much for reaching out and confirming my suspicion there too.
1: Yeah. And and just so on on in Facebook for the Twitter uh for your poll, I mm. I, I just posted it, oh, post it Facebook there too. as nice. well. Yeah. I, I I didn't run it as a poll. I'm just I just kinda asked what Fair your enough. thoughts are. Yeah, and uh, and then people were like, like there, there was a couple of people. I think one person was like, "Yeah, I get it." And then uh, one person was like, "I don't see why you wouldn't. If you come into my house, you should know that I'm, I'm, uh, I'm. It's a smart home. There's going to be a motion sensor. It's going to be whatever, right? Like,
0: I agree with that. Like,
1: and uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I like I like to like take a little more conservative approach about my my use of home automation. And what others think of it, but yeah. <laughs> but I get it. Yeah, the votes have spoken.
0: I think yeah. I mean, it's probably a biased audience, right? Like, of course sure. you're gonna put sensors everywhere.
1: Yep, yeah, yeah. Well, someone was saying like you can use a door sensor or something like that as well, right? Again, there's also caveats
0: there of like, yeah, what happens if kids leave the door open or like stuff like that, right? Yeah, I think this goes back to, you know, that whole, um, uh, like, bees in a box, sort of how you track, you know, when someone's in a room uh, based on doors opening and closing. It comes down to mm-hmm. a like, formula, a mathematical formula. Yeah, yeah. Time for that. Like, just give me a binary <laughs> sensor. Is someone in there or not in there? Yes or no? Yeah, yeah. Stick a pressure sensor on your... But clearly, seat. I have not to um, practice my automation writing ability to make sure that you know whatever automation I do in the guest bar right. is actually not going to cause more strife.
1: That's right. So, there you go. Yeah. Don't, don't listen to <laughs> Phil anymore. Not kidding. He <laughs> just you just negated the last five yeah. years of of the, of the podcast of everything you talking about. Clearly,
0: I'm not good at writing my own automation. Right? Like,
1: hey, nobody guy, said we were. So
0: it's uh... I think he's so good at home he's he do a podcast. Can't even do an automation that doesn't turn the little camera off on himself. Too funny. I think that is going to be an episode today. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. And yeah, if you want to come on the podcast and um, be a guest, yeah, reach out to us. Feedback has podcast.io. We are always looking for guests. So, yeah. Cheers. Cheers. If you want to share your home assistant journey or come on as a guest reach out to us at feedback at haspodcast.io that's h-a-s-s podcast.io
1: the home assistant podcast is hosted by phil hawthorne and myself rohan caramandi for links to topics we discussed today check out our show notes on
0: haspodcast.io